Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to episode 31 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Thank you so much for writing all of these kind emails and reviews. It gives me so much energy and helps me keep going when I hear from you guys and how this podcast has been helpful for you and your partner and your relationships. Last week, I was feeling defeated and devastated. It was just, I just had a really tough clinical day. I came home. I wanted to prepare for the podcast. It was, just, it was really tough. So as I was going through adding like things to my website, I saw that very nice, kind listeners, I think her or his user ID is WW44SS, left me this thoughtful review on iTunes and it was just give me so much energy. So I definitely want to stay connected with you guys. For that reason, I decided to add a new feature. So every three to four episodes, I'm going to broadcast the questions that you guys recorded. I'm going to answer your questions. And in order for you to record the questions, very straightforward, you can go to my website, www.sexologypodcast. And in far right, you see this blue uh, band saying, ask your questions from Dr. M. You can click on it, record your question, and I'll get it. And my goal is to answer as many questions as possible. If you don't want to say your name, that's absolutely okay. Just let me know about your age and where are you calling from. I'm so looking forward to hear your questions. Our topic today, as I said, is about sex after divorce. I'm delighted and honored to have Mrs. Delilah Jusik-Laburge. 
She is the owner of Be Here and Now Counseling, and she helps women and teen girls heal trauma and emotional wounding so they can enjoy life and love in healthy relationships. Delilah specializes in working with accomplished professional women who yearn for love but feel lost in romantic relationships. Utilizing mindfulness-based body-mind-oriented therapy modality, she helps them heal, connect to their own emotions, develop intuition, and be ready to connect on a deeper emotional level. This empowers women to be authentic and in touch with who they truly are. Delilah focuses on helping her clients manage difficult feelings and emotions that come with stress, anxiety, irritability, and anger issues that are preventing them from enjoying life and happy relationships. Delilah provides services online and Agora Hills and West Village offices. Here's my conversation with Mrs. Delilah Jusek Leperch. Welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. As I mentioned during the introduction, I am very excited for our guest today. Today we have Delilah Jusek Leperch. I hope I didn't butcher your name. <laughs> License, <laughs> licensed marriage family therapist, and she's been very gracious and she accepted our invitation. Dalila, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you, Nazanin. I'm very excited to be on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I was sharing with our listeners during the introduction that I love your posts. You write a lot about how people can move from challenges, disperse to create this joyful, wonderful life. And that inspired me to invite you uh, to come to the show because I, wanna, I want you to share your knowledge with our listeners. Thank you so much, Nazanin. As I said, I really appreciate your podcast and uh, blogs as well. And I'm happy that we can share something together with your listeners and my followers. Oh, you're, you're too kind. So we wanted to talk about sex after divorce. And one of the reasons like, I recently started thinking about it more was there was this, one of my acquaintances, she's a family law attorney, she invited me to give a talk in front of her clients about depression after divorce. And we were talking after the talk with the people there, and they were talking about their challenges around intimacy, around reconnecting with a new partner. And that was something that they were very stressed out about. And they had lots of questions about it, understandably. So, and I know that's a population that you mentioned before the recording that you work with. So based on your experience, what are some of the challenges that people might face when decide to start having sex after divorce? Well, getting to that point is very difficult for many divorced women. First of all, there is a grieving process that you go through. Uh, regardless of what kind of divorce you went through, it can be the most amicable divorce between two of you. And you may feel like you're parting with the best friend and then moving on to some other relationship, whether it's sexual or long-term dating relationship, it can be very difficult. But even if you are, let's say, hurt by your partner, that complicates it in different ways. If your partner betrayed you, you feel betrayed, uh, there was an affair, 
or something like that, that can really lead to depleting your self-esteem. Many women feel issues with their body image, sexuality in general. And we women are naturally self-critical about every aspect of our existence. And our physical looks and sexuality are especially problematic in that regard. So there are many issues that come after divorce and in terms of sexuality. So uh, as I said, grieving is one of them and depleted self-esteem due to betrayal can be another. Another one is that we are feeling conflicted about our identity in general and especially about our sexuality. You lost your roles that you felt you had. You were married woman and now you are single. You don't have those single friends you used to hang out with before you ever got married. You lost social connections with people because now you have only friends that you used to be friends with your ex. So it can be very hard to move on. But especially in these existential questions can become complicated by our internal conflict about sexuality. Many of us women often feel conflicted about our sexuality. We may feel, want to have that outlook that we have equal God-given rights to enjoy sex just like men can. But we often, on the other hand, feel guilty when doing this because we are often raised by different messages. Like, for instance, messages that tell women that they should enjoy sex only in a loving or committed relationship. So (laughs) when we are divorced, we may struggle with finding, finding ourselves again. In general, you know, with our identity and especially in terms of sexuality. So my message to women would be is to know what matters to you and just don't be apologetic <laughs> about how you want to be in this world in general and especially in terms of sexuality. Absolutely. And you mentioned many good points and you were talking about self-esteem and one of my area is eating disorders. And I was thinking about, I see many women, which is like, it's a new trend I'm seeing that the after divorce, they start doing all this unhealthy eating behaviors and disordered eating things. And they now fall into this category of eating disorder in their later stage of life, which is uncommon. And as you said, it's very, it can be very challenging because sometimes people face that they, like they learn that their partner, he or she was uh, attracted to someone else or like, and then it quest, they start questioning whether I'm, am I int- attractive enough or not. So I think that's very, a good point you mentioned. And it is just challenging to, this is something it has, it needs to come from within and no matter how you look, Nothing can help you to improve your self-worth. Right. And that's hard because we women are raised not to kind of be authentic. We are raised to feel how other people feel. And for the lack of a better word, be a people pleaser. So it doesn't surprise me that women go in that direction of managing this pain into eating disorders. Right. And also the other thing I see that people after a while, they might like continue having sex with their exes 
And it, it can be very uh, painful, frustrating. I mean, I know that sometimes people like uh, frame it as a way to physically, sexually be active and they still feel safe. But I know for many of my clients, there are other meanings associated to that. And that can be very challenging. So when people are having sex with their exes, whether it's been ongoing things or after a few months, they restart having sex with them. What do you think what might be the, some of the factors that they need to keep in mind in order to cultivate emotional safety and hold on to their well-being? Oh boy, that's a sticky one. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I need to say that it's kind of completely natural thing to go in that direction. We are mammals and it's just natural to go back to your partner's arms, you know. We, we are touch and right. it's just normal that you feel drawn to him. But it goes back to my message in terms of what do you want, you know, from this or from in general in your life. What matters is that you know your agenda, you know, you know what you want after divorce. Do you want to move on? Maybe you even want to go back with your ex. Let's think that you want to go back with your ex. You two are considering it. But the question is, having sex with him, the best choice to work those things out that brought you to break up in the first place. So maybe it would be better to work those emotional issues out before you get back together. Because having sex with him may bring up more confusion and you, you will become more attached because having sex as you know brings this hormone oxytocin which is attachment hormone and you're just further <laughs> entangling yourself without necessarily working through those emotional issues that brought you to the point of breakup but some women just think this is maybe my last time i don't want to get back together with him and that's another issue the same with the same kind of dynamic you will be cultivating that attachment and furthermore you will complicate your relationship with him due to that attachment and what happens when one of you starts dating other people there will be jealousy and if you have children how will it be for you to parent your children together in terms of all this attachment and jealousy it just may lead to making yourself more confused and it's just going to postpone your grieving process. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, that can complicate the process because sometimes I see that, yes, there is this subgroup of people that they are able to differentiate that this is my emotion, this is my sex life. And this thing we had it was working and I want to continue doing it until I meet someone else. This is a very rare case as I see that. What I usually see is that the couples, they are in a different pages. They haven't communicated about the purpose and what's their intention. For example, one partner thinking, okay, we're getting back to each other or in their mind saying, I'm proving myself. If there was an infidelity or they had questions at the other partner, just thinking about it, okay. He or she once said, we're having it until it lasts. And it can be very re-triggering and re-traumatizing for the partner when they discover, as you said, that the person doesn't have a the intention of getting back or they are seeing other people. And it can cause this emotional pain. 
Definitely. That is a very good point and important one. And that's what I always, that's always my message to women. Know your agenda and be upfront with that. Basically, partners in general, and it will help you not to be confused and not to wind up in this direction of having these mismatched goals and then being disappointed and being in pain. And it just is very difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, just like being, uh, as you said, upfront and attending with yourself and with your partner, it's very important. It doesn't mean that when you made the decision, you cannot go back on it and say, okay, it was working then, it's not working now, but kind of continuously checking in with yourself. How does this feel for me? That's wonderful, Nazanin. I totally agree. When you make that decision, it doesn't mean it's forever. And exactly that's authenticity when you are able to check in with yourself and you are the one who makes decisions. And that's been constantly my message, empowering women to make that decision from inside, from feelings and knowing what's right for you at any moment. Right. And um, so what do you think about, I know there is no exact number, (laughs) (laughs) but what do you think, how long do you recommend people to wait until like starting having sex again after like a long-term divorce? Well, uh, there is no specific time frame, as you said, uh, and I already talked about grieving process. So you you will be able to know when you are ready to mingle, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right? You will feel it, as you said, you will feel it. But that that is if you are able to go through that grieving process and work on yourself And important thing to note is that you know what you want, as I said already. And if it's a long-term relationship or do you want to enjoy sexual encounters in this period of your life? And confusing these two can lead to pain and hurt and feeling that maybe there is no good man out there. Let's say you want to have a long-term relationship and you meet somebody and you have sex with them in hope that this can turn into something that you want. And that I've seen many women being very disappointed. But, you know, this man, it's not his responsibility necessarily to worry about your agenda. You, if he hadn't promised you anything, hadn't said, oh, I want to, I'm looking for a long-term partner, that still doesn't mean that two of you are necessarily partners. And you have that same right to discern, you know, while you're dating or whether you have sex with him or not, that's completely up to you. And it's important just not to confuse sex and love. I've seen that in teen girls, and I've seen <laughs> that in <laughs> women, you know, with mature women. So that can be very confusing. But another thing that I would like to caution against is not to go into somebody's arms during your grieving process, just to feel emptiness and pain. This will further keep you in that confused state about what you really want and what kind of people you're dealing with when you're dating somebody. You, you will not be able to see clearly who is good potential, both sexual or long-term partner for you. And once you get through the grieving process and feel good about your divorce and your life, and this is when you can have that clarity. And do you want to date? Do you want to have sex? just, you know, for enjoyment or do you want a long-term relationship? So I emphasize being clear about this and expressing yourself openly will show confidence 
And just by the way, it's very attractive to men. Right. (laughs) And I was thinking about the point that you mentioned earlier that was very relevant, that how sometimes people have been in their marriages for years and years and things might have changed. And, you know, the culture changes. I know like for some of the clients I work with, they were in the marriage for 30 years and people used to have less casual sex, at least in their environment, the small place that they were. And now it's more common and they feel conflicted. And also, as you were talking about it, they feel like they confuse love and sex. Not all of them, but it's one of the challenges is and now that we're in their mind, now we had sex, we are a couple or we're together or we owe each other monogamy. Definitely, yeah. So I think that was a great point, yeah, that you mentioned. The other thing is that next thing that I have in my list is very specific. I sometimes I hear from the couples that coming in, especially some women, that they coming in after divorce, they are so angry and frustrated because their partner cheated on them. They, they contracted some kind of STDs. They had no idea they were having this unprotected sex with their husbands, which is understandable. And now after divorce, they have this thing that they brought from the marriage, this STD. And again, these are very common. It's many of them are treatable. So, but still they feel very frustrated, angry, and they want to have sex again. So if that is a situation for them, what do you think would be the best way for them to navigate having a conversation about this with their future lovers? Well, uh, it's a tough one when to bring this up. And again, it goes back to that agenda in terms of are you having casual encounters or are you dating somebody? But it boils down to being open and straightforward, in my opinion, is the best way to handle it. And it's also fair. And I believe it's legal thing to do, too. <laughs> I you know it's not legal to not disclose. Right. So if he likes you, he likes you and he will appreciate your honesty. And if your relationship is to continue with him, this will contribute to building trust. Otherwise, if you are not upfront, it's just the opposite. Uh, people don't appreciate when you don't tell them they feel you don't trust them enough. And it brings anger in people, as you can imagine. I don't know. What, what do you think? It's just like in general. I mean, whether you are a divorced woman or, or single woman or man, for that matter. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And I think there's something else associated with that, with some uh, divorcee or people who recently got divorced. They're understandably really angry because of feeling of betrayal. And like, this is a, like, it can be a very sensitive topic. And I think part of it, as you mentioned, part of the grieving process, kind of explore their feelings and being, getting to a, at least comfortable place with it before talking about it with someone also is important because sometimes people have, it's like a a Pandora box when they open it and they have conversation about it, it can come up very raw and, or they might just avoid it. So they might not be able to communicate it clearly because of the feeling of shame and frustration that they have. So I think coming to terms with it is important. As you mentioned, it is many people that's not something that they're going to discourage them for being in a committed relationship or having sex with you. I hear it very often from my clients that that's the case. They shared it with a 
new partner. And surprisingly, people are very understanding. And it's just a matter of you attending to it. Because sometimes when we're feeling shameful towards something, we want to kind of put it aside in our mind and not attend to it even medically. So if you are attending to it, you're communicating with it and processing it emotionally and physically, I think you'll be surprised on how open people might be and how receptive they might be about being your partner and being with you. Definitely. It goes back to that, everything that you said, attending to it, but you know, going back to that emotional healing when you feel okay with yourself, regardless of what you went through and having peace and feeling you're good enough, you know, regardless of disease or anything else that might have happened. Right. So you mentioned about, you talked about grieving process, which is such an important thing because I know people do anything. And I mean, anything to numb the pain. Right. Because these pains are really real. They're very painful and they're overwhelming. So they avoid grieving. So what are some of the emotions that are normal and common that you see people experience around their sexuality after divorce? Uh, Well, I talked a little bit about many of them, but I will start also with um, sexuality is joyful and affirming after divorce. Obviously, if you work through your grief and you may be at the place where when you enjoy life more than before you are divorced, many women experience that and you may feel renewed and uh when you're in, when you're in this state you're strong and your emotions don't go so much up and down and you are meeting people and there will be all kinds of people that you will meet not gentlemen out there necessarily or they're just simply you know insecure men you already know who you are and if you meet somebody like that you he may not treat you well and this will not shake you too much Uh, But naturally, you will also attract and be attracted to people who are more affirming of the way you are feeling right now, which is you are happy, you are feeling good about yourself, and sexuality will just be affirming. You will be, I've seen many women who feel renewed (laughs) after divorce. Right. Yeah, and that is so true because, you know, part of not, Having like from many of my clients, at least they feel of like not having a high libido or feeling they're not interested in sex. They're depressed and they're sad. And, you know, with divorce, when I see divorce, there are years and years of people suffering. So this relationship you were going, sometimes the grieving process starts before the uh, divorce. And they were having this emotional pain and they were carrying and and that was impacting their uh, sexual desire. So now, as you said, now that they work through that, it can be very empowering and they get this sense of they can arrive to feeling of a joy and that can impact their sexuality. Definitely. But on the other hand, if you're still raw and grieving, you will be susceptible to difficult emotions and you may be comparing the new guy with your previous partner and it's just going to be difficult. You will not be able to move on. And then sexuality is linked to this grief. When you meet somebody, you go through grieving. You're wondering, you know, what's up with my ex and how did you two, you know, you go back in down memory lane. And also you may be stuck in hate and anger towards your ex. And this will just lead you to project this on, on the other man. 
And it's another situation in which sexuality may be difficult. So the other things that can come as we talked already is body image issues when you feel betrayed, you know, by your ex. And as you mentioned already, feeling anxious about today's dating scene. As you said, culture changed a lot since you've been on a dating scene in comparison today to today after you, you've been divorced. Right. And I think one thing that you mentioned that was awesome, it was how, you know, emotions may come up when you start seeing someone. I know some part, sometimes people say, oh, I've done the grief, grieving part. I'm ready to move on. But unfortunately, grieving process is not a straight line. You might come back, you might from now time to time feel this sadness, this nostalgia, all these emotions. And those are normal, as you mentioned. Definitely. I mean, you were with that partner, uh, you loved him at some point. <laughs> so it's important to make that peace and not to have this, to, to wind up in a place where you have this balanced view of him. It worked for some time or whatever the situation is. But now this is it and see good and bad in your previous relationship and move on into your new life. It can be a long process. It's not easy. But all of these people leave a mark <laughs> in our heart. As I said, we are mammals and we are attached to people. And it's not natural to say goodbye to somebody when you live with somebody for years <laughs> It can be really painful and there are these ranges of, you know, you may feel grief. There are women who divorce just because things are not working out. Not necessarily that they don't love their partner, but it's just not working. They grew apart or there are various reasons that they want different life. So these kinds of divorces and then there are divorces where you feel betrayed and then all of these extremely negative emotions can come up. But that doesn't mean that, you know, it, it is just another side of the coin from love to hate. This emotion is, this attachment to, to your ex is still there when you have negative emotions towards him. Absolutely. And I think those are all, there are different range of emotion, as you mentioned, and there's no like one emotion that's right that you got to feel and there's the wrong one. So it's important to be mindful of those. So this is a question I hear a lot from our listeners. I got a couple emails for people specifically ask about uh, tips on how to have steamy sex after divorce. <laughs> and I know <laughs> if you laughed that you can share with our listeners our conversation before <laughs> this show. So please go ahead. Yeah, I shared. I said, get a sauna. That's just a little joke. <laughs> That's a one solution, yeah. Right. But uh, how to have steamy sex? Just Relax, enjoy, be in the moment, be confident, express yourself in terms of what you want. In terms of what you want, both sexually and emotionally, what kind of partner you're looking for. And let that man uh, try to measure up. <laughs> right. <laughs> let him figure out how he can be the one that will satisfy you in any of these directions. Right. I mean, this is a million dollar question. I said this like, uh, you know, <laughs> just like many other emotional issues, I, I did say these things. It's easier said than done. We have our emotional brain and we have our logical brain. And we all know that we should enjoy, relax and 
be confident, but it's hard to feel like that. But that's that goes back to that healing process and authenticity and knowing that your authentic self is good enough in this world <laughs> and that there are going to be people who will appreciate you just the way you are with all your weirdnesses that <laughs> you feel are not appropriate. <laughs> you know, there will be a man who will just enjoy, you know, for those things and everything else that you come with. Right. And I think uh, you were talking about clear communication and owning what who you are. And it's funny that as you were talking about uh, like during the podcast that how women are socialized to not voice our opinion and not saying what not, not saying what we want. And I think as you said, it can be very sexy. Sometimes, you know, my clients, they're coming in, a female woman talking about how hard they're going to talk about something they want. And as soon as like they process it and they bring it up to their partner, they're very open and willing to engage in those things. So sometimes these barriers is coming from within and our questions about our worth. So I love that you talk about like, you know, no matter what you want, who you are, there is a partner there that would appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. And just remember, men are wonderful human beings. You know, if you find the right one for you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean to say, a good man, when you have a good man, he is eager to make you happy. His life is fulfilled. He works hard to make you happy. He wants to make you happy sexually, emotionally. And when you are happy and when you express that gratitude for what he does, that creates a beautiful cycle <laughs> of give and take. And obviously you give back too in different ways. But uh, as I, it goes back to feeling confident about who you are and what your needs are. And if you are not authentic and if you don't, want to express your needs, then you are stripping somebody of opportunity to make you happy and therefore make themselves happy. We all need to be needed. We all need to feel that somebody needs us and that we make somebody happy. So give that opportunity to somebody, whether it's sexual encounters, whether it's in uh, people, you, you're empowering people like that. Absolutely. It's such a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dalila, I know you have wonderful blogs, you write articles, you have a great practices. If our listeners would like to contact you, what would be the best way? Uh, well, they can reach me via phone, email, and all of that can be found on my website, beherenow.com. Simple one word website, <laughs> beherenow.com. My email is djl at beherenow.com. Perfect. So I'll make sure I leave the, all those information in the show notes so people can get a hold of you easily. And thank you so much for coming in today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I, I did too, Nazanin. I, I have to say I really did enjoy. <laughs> thank you. It was lovely to talk to you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Delilah She's really passionate, as you can hear from her voice, to support and help women transition 
after divorce from despair and frustration to create this wonderful, joyful life. So if you're interested to learn more about her practice and also she has so many great contents and blogs in her website, please feel free to check it out. And I know that divorce can be very painful, but interestingly, when my clients work through their feeling of grief and sadness, sometimes they tell me that their divorce gave them the chance to finally have great sex. Many times when we are in a relationships that are not working or there are things that are missing, we're suffering for years and years and our sex life is suffering. So if you're finally out of that relationship, things can really turn around and you can learn to re-explore yourself and reintegrate this aspect of your personality in your relationship. So that can be a good opportunity for you to explore what sex would be look like with someone else and starting fresh and kind of asking and owning what you want from this relationship. It's kind of giving your, it is giving yourself the second chance in creating amazing sex life. As I mentioned during last episode, for a limited time, I offer reduced my fee for sex therapy because I'm going through the certification program. And for next two months, I opened up few reduced spots for sex therapy. We can do sex therapy online or if you're in LA, you can come into my office. If you're interested to make an appointment or have questions about it, you can call my assistant at 833-376-6254. Again, the number is 833-376-6254. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.